0: Grace, peace, and mercy be to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. I noticed as I was sitting with you tonight, worshiping the questions that uh, were evident in our reading, in the song that we just sang together, and the trio that we heard. Closer and closer to this moment of our our Lord being broken down more and more. Are you really the the king of the the Jews? We don't believe you. What is the truth, Pilate says? Do you really want to know the truth? There are questions that make us think, and I I hope tonight and the time that we have together, it becomes more real for you because we talk a lot about it at church on on Sunday or through our time of devotion but to really experience this journey of Lent we need to sit back and, and meditate upon what that truth is upon what these questions are not just simple answers that come in the form of a spoken word but answers that God gave to us through his one and only son. I hope that's real to you this evening. Does anybody in here like uh, Western movies? All right. Does anybody have uh, a favorite Western movie? Anybody? You can just yell it out. Tombstone. Tombstone? That's a great one. Chisholm. Chisholm? That, yes. I heard a couple of people shaking their heads at that one. Sorry, yes? True Grit. That's a terrific one. That one's really good. Anybody else do want to miss anybody? Silverado. Ed, you got mine. The good, the bad, and the ugly. I love this movie. I watched this movie so many times with my dad. I can't even tell you the truth. Uh, it came out in 1966, uh, so I don't think I'll have any spoiler alerts for you tonight. If you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, you can go still check it out. A real simple movie takes place during the the Civil War, and we're introduced to these three different characters. Now, this was a movie that was entitled as being uh, a spaghetti western. It was actually made by uh, an Italian creator. Uh, It had that European descent, uh, and it had Clint Eastwood that starred in it, and he was the individual who was the good, and of course we have the bad, and we have the ugly, and these three individuals make up this this great storyline, this plot that really takes you from point A to point B. So I thought we could use this just as uh, an analogy for our text for this evening. This evening, we're introduced to three different unique characters that I would like us to be able to focus on. You got it. Uh, The good, the bad, and the ugly. And so for tonight, uh, first we're going to focus on the good. Now this one shouldn't be so hard for us to be able to figure out who plays this character. Uh, If we brought our elementary Sunday school in here and I could ask them who's going to be the good person in the Bible, they're all going to tell me, yeah, Jesus serves as the good individual. So let's see what words Pilate has to say about Jesus tonight. Pilate's going to be kind of our our narrator of sorts. He doesn't play one of the characters, but he depicts a big piece of the story. Here are the words that Pilate says when he brings Jesus forth. He says, I find no guilt in him. Now, Pilate isn't just a random leader within uh, the government. In fact, if you look within our text twice in verse 38 he's mentioned as being the governor and he truly is the governor of all the people of the entire realm he decides what happens whatever he says goes no questions are asked nobody pauses to think about if this is a good decision or not whatever he says is his decision whatever he wants done it happens and so tonight even Pilate as he looks and examines Jesus, he says, this man is innocent. This man is, is good. And in fact, that's exactly who we have. that comes before the people. And so Pilate tries to be able to share that with the masses. Look, this, this individual that I have examined over and over and over again, he is, is good. In fact, he is, is great. And as we go on within Scripture and tie this together, we find out that our Lord is much more than that. That Jesus is much more than just good. That He is the the good news. That He is the great news. In fact, that Jesus Himself is actually perfect. The person that Pilate puts before all of us tonight as those witnesses is a perfect individual. In the book of Hebrews, the author describes it in this way. For we do not have a high priest, a savior who is unable to empathize with our weakness, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as as you are, yet he did not sin. Think about that. Every time he was frustrated by somebody. Every time he got in a disagreement, conversation with someone, every time one of the Pharisees or Sadducees were calling him names or expressing false accusations toward him, in any relationship matter that he had with his siblings His mom, his dad, anybody around him. Not in one moment of frustration or breakdown or any temptation that you and I have ever faced, did Jesus ever sin? He is definitely the one who is good. We're also given a character tonight who is bad. Every good story... Has to have somebody who is bad. And tonight, Pilate brings this bad individual before all of the people. Here he is, he says. But you, you know, the Jewish people have this, this custom that you should have somebody release to you one man for you at Passover. So do you want me to be able to release for you the king of the Jews, this good, this great, this perfect man. They cried out again. Not this man. Not this good guy. But Barabbas. It's so weird there at the end. Scribbled in. Now Barabbas was a robber. This is a bad guy. That we're up against tonight. He's not some random individual. The people know who he is. Barabbas was somebody who came in and tried to overthrow the government. Barabbas was someone that wasn't just a, a pickpocket in the crowd, he was somebody that was really vile. He was someone that was very, very horrible. In fact, Barabbas right now is already guilty. He isn't proven uh, innocent in any way at this time, he is not even assumed innocent. any way he is actually on his road to the cross all that awaits Barabbas in his future are wood three nails some more lashings people making fun of him and finally his his last breath and so he waits for this time to come but Pilate comes up with that plan right i know what i'm going to do i'm going to take this horrible individual this one who is this robber, in fact, in the uh, original language here in the Greek, they call him this Lestes. He is this, this one that is a, a murdering robber. That's how Matthew describes him. He says that he is this insurrectionist that is in prison. They're guilty of murder. And this is the one, again, that all of the people know. He is completely heinous. And so Pilate thinks, well, if I took this Element that is so bad and put him before these people, and take this element that is so good and put him before these people, they are obviously going to choose the good one. Why would anybody take this individual to be released back out into the open, to be with them again, to possibly hurt the ones that they love, but his plan completely backfires? His plan is completely lost. The Pharisees go among the crowd and they begin turning the people and influencing the people. Shout Barabbas, they say, and they do, over and over and over again. We would rather have the bad than the good. Final character, the ugly. The ugly comes before us tonight too. Did you hear him when he was mentioned? In our text for tonight. You know before we go that the bad and the good seem like they're always before us. We have decisions that we get to make every day or decisions we do not make every day. So what would you choose if somebody asked you and you don't need to say this out loud tonight or even whisper it to somebody around you, are you more good or are you more bad? Which one are you like the most? If someone said you, you have to have to choose. Which one do you think you are in your daily living, in your interaction with others, in the way that you go about your life in general? Are you more good or are you more bad? You know, the Bible kind of points its finger at us tonight and it gives us the answer. As for you, if you miss it once, you, you were dead in your transgressions, in your sin. You may think you want to choose that good card that I do mostly good stuff in my life. There's probably a lot of bad in there too. Even amongst the good things that you do. Scripture says all of us have become like one who is unclean. All of our righteous acts, the good things that we want to do, they're like filthy rags. Because that ugly character that we're introduced to tonight is in all of us. Did you hear his name? Sin. Part of each and every one of you. Pastor Mark and I use that word quite a bit at church on Sunday. It plays out in Scripture. But do you understand what it is? Sin isn't a time where we make these little mistakes here and there. Sin isn't just a couple slip-ups that we have once in a while sin is you rebelling against God you choose to be able to be that leader yourself to throw that insurrection amongst our Lord and say God I know better than you God I I am going to do this today because it feels good for me God you'll forgive me later I'm not even going to worry about this right now This is too small, Lord. Don't even look at this little tiny sin that I'm committing right now. And it's a part of us. And I am right there with you. It's an ugly, ugly truth. What is the truth Pilate wants to know tonight? That all of us are like filthy rags. That all of us are sinners. That all of us have earned pain and especially death it's a big price that our Lord has to be able to overcome I don't know if you've been reading our devotional booklet uh, if not we got some more in the office grab one on your way out we're only like halfway through Lent they're daily, they're, they're wonderful they're And this week I was reading uh, one of these devotions, maybe you read it too, and it it caught me. It got my attention with uh, how bad that sin is. Because I can see it in in a personal way. It was Monday's devotion, and it read, John Griffith worked as the controller of a huge railroad drawbridge across the mighty Mississippi River. One summer day in 1937, John brought his eight-year-old son to work and suddenly they heard the train whistle in the distance. It was the 107, the Memphis Express and it had about 400 passengers on it. John put his hand on the huge lever they controlled the bridge and then he looked down and his heart jumped out of his throat as he saw that his son had slipped and was stuck in the gearbox that operated the massive bridge the boy's le- <clears throat> the boy's left leg was caught between the two gears and the father knew that if he pushed the lever, that his son would be chewed up in eight tons of grinding steel. If he did not, the 400 passengers would fall to their death. John Griffith buried his head and his arm. He pushed the lever forward and the huge bridge lowered into place. Just as the Memphis Express roared across the river, I have one daughter. Even if I had two or three or four, I don't think I could pull that lever. Not to say 400 or 4,000, <laughs> not at the expense of my daughter. Maybe some people would weigh the decision one way or the other, try to find the, the greater good, but I have a hard time with that. What I can't see and feel in that small account is maybe just a small piece of what our Lord felt when he sent his son to this earth for us. That he looks down and he sees a a huge, massive problem here on this earth. The ugly truth that sin exists in every single one of us. And not on a whim and not by accident and not because he's forced to, decides to send his one and only son to this earth for us. The ugly, the bad, sacrificing the good. But that's the bridge that that God lowers on our behalf. We are a group of people who are separated by this massive chasm of sin. And the bridge that he lowers through this cross that we move closer and closer to is what puts that tie between us and between him the salvation that we have a group of people that just like Barabbas are guilty but a group of people that are given freedom because of what God does for us in fact we celebrate with that even in the midst of knowing the truth tonight because there is another truth truth that the Lord says will set us free. We hear in the book of Psalms, the Lord sets prisoners free. We don't have to remain captive to sin. We are one who is under the slavery of death or the devil. There are a lot of ways through temptations and sins out there to become a prisoner, But tonight we remember in this moment of Lent, there's only one way to be set free. That good one comes before all of us tonight to be able to share his love and his perfection with us. A promise that because of what he does to bridge the gap, that Jesus gives you and I eternity with our Father in heaven. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as we come together this evening and have the time to be able to look at uh, all of your word, not just the good, not just the bad, but even the ugly that is there, Lord, we know what the ultimate truth is, that when we see our sin, uh, we better see our Savior. And so, Lord, put that law upon our hearts and turn us to be able to run to you in all things, that we may be able to bask in the sun And the brightness of what you have given to us through Jesus. In his name we bring all of these things and lay them at your feet tonight. Amen.